Welcome back to episode 27 of the Daily Zipper Sportscast. We're here in beautiful San Diego, California on Harbor Drive at the Carnitas Snack Shack. I'm Josh Woods, joined by Bo Hart, our special guest, and Thomas James. Good to be back once again. We're here at Harbor Drive and Broadway here in beautiful downtown San Diego. It's our new favorite spot, and we're here joined by a special guest today. He is a UFC fighter. He fought in UFC for a few years, and he's a special guest again his name his name is Bo the Barracuda Heart Bo how you doing today good Thomas how you doing brother good to see you Josh man thanks for inviting me out appreciate it really much yeah we're yeah. excited to have you out here Bo yeah. it's uh, gonna be a UFC heavy podcast yeah. today looking forward to getting what your thoughts are on some of the fights that went down this past weekend maybe some of the guys that were in the news for other reasons John Jones comes course, to mind of course, course. Brock Lesnar post fight comes yeah. to mind everybody yeah, everybody, it everybody, seems, man, these days. Everybody's yeah. on steroids, they're getting, Everybody they're, knows. Yo, well, you know. I'm going to ask you right away. So what, what are your thoughts on the steroids in UFC right now? What, what's going on in UFC? Well, first and foremost, I want to clear things up. I wasn't a UFC fighter. I fought for XFS. Uh, XFS, Explode okay. Explode Fight Series. Um, you know, like I said, about 22 amateur fights. And at some point, I think I lost count. But I just like to jump in there and do whatever. But not UFC. And you but, considered uh, yourself a... A scrapper, right? That was uh, uh, street jitsu. You street know, jitsu. I, I know some jujitsu pretty well. You know, I, I've uh, worked under uh, Carlos Baruch, who actually got his black belt from Carlson Gracie back in 2003. You know, so I've been working with him quite a while. Uh, you know, I train out of city boxing. I'm an independent fighter, but I train out of city boxing. And you know, like I said, I just like to jump in there and scrap whenever I can. You know, and I do a lot of weight variations, too. It depends on... Uh, yeah, what weight were you in the X? Oh, I fought at 145 XS. for the belt. I fought at 155 for the belt. But again, you know, with, with amateur stuff, a lot of guys back out at the last minute because you're not really getting paid. You're just kind of doing it for the fun of it. And you're kind of doing it to to get in there, get experience, and see if it's something you want to do, you know. So a lot of the times I would go in at 155 or 145, and my guy wouldn't show up for whatever reason. And you know they. Well, that wasn't on you. You would still. No, I mean, I'd you showed scrap. up. You they, did your they part. Had a, they they would show up with a 185 guy or 170 guy, and they say, "Hey, man, this guy wants to fight you. You know, do you, are you down?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course. My my hands are wrapped. Let's do this." You know, and it's a pretty safe environment for the most part, even though people don't think so. It's kind of a safe environment. You know, you, nobody's gonna be jumping in or stabbing you. His homies aren't gonna be jumping in. You got somebody watching out for you. You know what I mean? Right. And, right. And so it, it's a pretty safe environment to kind of play that game if that's what you're into. You know what I mean? So that's why I enjoy it quite a bit. And how many days would you usually take to get ready for a fight, or were you ready to go? Oh, you right know, away? it's not about getting ready; it's about staying ready. You know what okay. I mean? It, it really is. If you're a martial artist, you're a martial artist. You know, there's no way around it. You're not going to just get ready just for a fight. It's a good incentive to stay in shape. That's you know, if you know you're going to get your ass kicked in about a month or two, you know, it's a good incentive to just get in there a little bit more. But it's mostly about going into the gym, getting mat time with jujitsu. Jujitsu is a saving grace for everybody, every fighter. You you shouldn't be doing MMA if you don't know some type of jiu-jitsu you shouldn't be doing it you're just a fish out of water at that point so a <laughs> lot right. of mat time helps you know boxing kickboxing everything else you know but as far as uh the steroid situation right. and usada and everything john else, jones brock lesnar you know some of the other names out you gotta there remember before they hired usada to come in there and start regulating things man everybody was on it i don't care who you were i don't care and i'm not gonna throw any names out there because i don't know anything personally but i guarantee you a good 70 percent of the fighters out there were on some type of you know um, steroids, or you know, um, mm. they call it what we're, the term we're using now is PED, PED but of course, they're pretty yeah. much steroid well, you know, I mean, or some kind of with steroid. Like, with, with John Jones, for instance, you know, I mean, it wasn't even necessarily a steroid, it was an estrogen blocker, 
if you want to look at it that way because of the fact that if you're taking a steroid your body naturally increases your estrogen level and everything else and so in other words to avoid the estrogen and growing breasts or whatever else comes along with it when your steroid increases you have to have estrogen blockers in order to keep the steroid at its maximum i guess you could say so you're kind of on two different medications Absolutely. at all you have times different stages you know and and uh and it's one of those things that that's kind of what USADA is all about, is being able to kind of come in there and say, hey, you know what? You might not be tested positive right now for a PED, but you definitely have some estrogen blockers. And why do you have estrogen blockers if you're not taking steroids? Right. It's kind of one it, of those. It looks suspicious. Absolutely. Especially if it's like, hey, you know. Well, it's kind of like in baseball, they had that whole issue with the steroids probably 10, 15 yep. years ago. And I remember Manny Ramirez, big time baseball player, he got caught for a fertility drug. Yep. And so that was kind of the giveaway that he was Absolutely. probably on something else was he was taking fertility drugs. And why would he be taking those? Yeah, you so. know, and, and, and MMA is such a such a new sport, you know, I mean, especially with them just selling it. They bought it for, you know, two million. Now they sold it for four billion just since, you know, 2006 and everything else. So it's kind of one of those things where it's really a young sport. So a lot of the stuff really isn't being caught till now. Not that they were a lot were dirty or anything like that, but unless you catch these regulations and catch them ahead of time, you know, some of this stuff like boxing and baseball and everything that's been around for decades and, and centuries almost, you know, it's kind of one of those things where where those have been regulated regulated for a long time. So I think I think it's it's time for MMA to kind of get get regulated that way, so you don't have these monsters. And you know, you're going in there risking your health, man. You know, I right. mean, you're risking your health, you're risking your your livelihood every single time. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So to have somebody that's going to be in some performance hence enhancing drugs and it's like. It's unfair. It's completely unfair, and people should be doing it, man. You know. You mentioned two million in tw 2006. Right. The UFC was purchased for two million dollars. Recently, it's been valued at four billion. Yep. It's obviously growing. It's a popular sport. I was listening recently to some radio about UFC, and some of the guys on the radio were saying what may end up hurting UFC and and what may end up keeping it from ever becoming really big is the fact that some of the fighters that you see at the top don't stay there very long. Ronda Rousey comes to mind, losing that fight a year ago to Holy Home, who's now lost two straight fights. It's hard, it seems, for the superstars to stay superstars. You know, when you look at other sports, Peyton Manning's great for 15 years. Right, right. Uh, you look at basketball, and LeBron James has been great for a decade. It doesn't seem like UFC fighters are able to stay at the top for very long. So what, what do you think, how does UFC counter that? And do you think a fighter will come along that will be on top for a long time? You know, to give UFC credit right off the bat, I mean, the one, they're the ones that built the foundation on everything we're seeing nowadays. You know what I mean? So we have to give them full credit for that. But the fact of the matter is, is just like any oligarchy or anything else, I mean, they're going to they're gonna take the reins and kind of do what they want until other people come along and, and, and do better than them. You know, so I think Bellator is a great, great example of some guys that are going out there and, and saying, you know what, UFC is the biggest, but we're going to try to do better. And even though they have better marketing and they're, that deals with Fox and everything else, I think that's really what's going to keep every th everything, you know, kind of at an even keel and, and allow the fighters to become fighters. And I see what you're saying about, you know, there's such a such a turnaround on these championships. But at the same time, you know, if, you know, I think a lot of the times, if you look at the boxers, the reason why... There's, Excuse, there's my ride. I gotta go. <laughs> there's the ferry. <laughs> You're out of here, Bo. Yeah, I'm out of here, brother. No, uh, you know, if you look at boxing, you know what I mean? They can't make a fight because there's so many different divisions of boxing that the best in the world are never going to fight. And if they do, it's all about salary and money. So, you know, you got to kind of choose your evil. You know what I mean? You got to choose which evil you want. You want this really great competition of the best fighters in the world in MMA? 
Or do you want to be like boxing to where it's like, okay, yes, the fighters are risking themselves. They should make more money. But at the same time, you know, um, we have to make sure that that the competition out there is still going to be, you know, up there for a long time. And I think the best way to do that is to give independent contracts. You know, you can fight for Bellator if you want. You can fight for UFC if you want. You know, it doesn't have to be just NFL. You know what I mean? You can go to different leagues and everything else that you can fight in. And I think once you get into a contract as a professional fighter, you're kind of stuck for a while. You're stuck for three fights with UFC right off the bat. You're getting a low wage, usually 6000 per fight, maybe 10000 You know, that's not a lot of money, especially if a, a full camp. Right, your body's you taking know, that beating. It's and not just your body. It's the money you have to pay your trainers. That's you know? true. Yeah, you got to pay all else. the people around well, absolutely, you. Absolutely, man. Yeah. It's not like everybody's doing it for free and hoping you're going to be a winner one day. You know what I mean? You've got to pay your dues. And so that's the difficulty, I think, is 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 if you're going to make the sport any better, we got to look out more for the fighters. And these fighters have to be able to make more money to be able to compensate, um, you know, all their training and the value of, of them as a fighter and their health and everything else. So I think that's the real the real big dilemma that we have is is contracts as well as, you know, fighters getting paid more for putting their bodies on the line. Like well, how that. does it work, though, with the fighters? The UFC <coughs> makes a lot of money now, mm-hmm. so they can afford to pay the <coughs> fighters a little more. But do they have, obviously, if you follow NFL, NBA, they have this collective bargaining. I'm guessing UFC probably doesn't have that, right, where you don't no. have that shared revenue. Well, there's no college for you for MMA. Okay. There's no college. It's, I mean, you go to the college draft and everything else. They're going to pick the best best players, and then they might trade them out for another five players, you know, that they think they'll get a better value from. There's nothing like that in MMA or anything like that. So basically, what it comes down to, as a professional fighter, if this is what you decide to do, you have to promote yourself. You have to bring these people in. You have to sell tickets. That's the only way you'll even get recognized, unless you're knocking out everybody else in front of you that they're putting in front of you. That or selling tickets are going to get you recognized. So that's kind of where the fighter's dilemma is, I guess you could say, is the fact that if you're not selling 500 seats in a place, you know, the promoter might bring you back. He might not, but he might just keep bringing you back. And then you're kind of stuck in one smaller promotion unless, you know, there's scouts or something like that in the UFC coming along, you know. That's saying um, these last few fights with McGregor and Diaz mm-hmm. have been bringing a lot of people. What do you think about that drama? What do you think about that uh, that situation right there? Well, you know. I mean, again, just like Chuck Liddell, you know, and, and, and some of these other ones. Chuck Liddell back in the day didn't have to promote himself, you know. But, and Anderson Silva didn't have to promote himself because they did it by performance. You know, McGregor's doing it by performance, but he also has, has a wonderful marketing scheme, man. You know, you can't beat it. He talks crap. He gets in people's face. And that's what all the, the, the people love, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? And, and you know, Nick, Nick's hood, man. I mean, Nate's hood. He's straight hood. And... And that's what it's about, you know what I mean? That's kind of where I came from. I came from L.A., you scrap, you know? You disrespect somebody, you scrap, you know what I mean? So I still remember that one <coughs> fight, the first fight with McGregor and Diaz. Uh, and then Diaz was, what did he say? Diaz said, um, I'm not surprised, mother not surprised, effers. mofo, yes, <laughs> you know, exactly. That was, that was pretty funny. That was <coughs> a good time. Yeah, Everybody, good I remember we were sitting down, we were watching the fight. He beat McGregor. And we know that uh, Diaz is hood. We know how he fights. We already know he's how he scraps. And uh, and when he said that, it was just like yeah. a laughter everywhere. It was just like everybody was just had a, had a good time just yeah. listening to Diaz. And <laughs> honestly, all the jiu-jitsu guys out there were probably just, you know, their nipples were hard at that point, to be honest with you, because that's what it's about. When you can get a choke into somebody that's been talking crap and socked you up a little bit and stuff, you just get that choke and sink it in. It's like, yeah, just go to sleep, baby. Just give me a kiss. 
You know what I mean? And <laughs> so that was a wonderful, wonderful little thing, I think, just for jujitsu people. Amazing. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's one of those things. You want that choke. It's the same thing as a, as a knockout. It's the same thing as a home run. It's the same thing. You no, know? Bo, you were talking earlier. One of your strategies was to get your beard. We yeah. can see that beard yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. Get that beard right on your oh, competitor. Man. And you were saying that that made him flinch a little bit, yeah, right? Absolutely. Which made your choke a oh, little yeah. better. If you got a rear naked choke, you got the hooks in, and you're just trying to tighten it up, tighten it up, man. And, and you know, sometimes the guy's just putting his chin down, man. And you just need to get that little area and that little elbow in, get it on your bicep, and you're good to go. And, man, it, it's sometimes the guy's just not budging. So you just scrape your nasty, sweaty beard right up against their face. And I'll tell you, I don't care who you are, any man, any woman, anybody hates that. I don't care who you are, man. And so you'll flinch a little bit, you tighten it up, get it on your bicep, and it's like, ah, just go to sleep. No you wonder know. McGregor has that big beard, right? Oh, it, it helps a lot, man. People don't understand. A lot of people were talking before because I know in boxing it's not a good thing. They don't really like They don't allow it, actually. You know, They don't allow having new beards. Right, they break that up. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're just like, well, you know, because sometimes the Vaseline will stick on it, so when you hit somebody, it'll give you a more perceptible knockout so on and so forth i think it's all bullshit to be honest with you especially in an mma fight you know right, it's right. it's not gonna it's not gonna make a difference it's gonna bother somebody is what it is you know well what was something you as a fighter would know that the casual fan probably has no idea about you mentioned you know the sweat on the beard yeah. just now what's something else that we probably don't see i'm a casual fan i got in the ufc probably within the last couple of years right when ronda rousey started getting good mcgregor so I'm kind of a newer uh, UFC fan, but what would be something I don't know that you, you could know, tell the audience? I mean, it's not that you don't know it. I think I think the biggest part of what the 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 layman doesn't know or whatever in a fight is is what you're trying to do on the ground. You know, you're basically trying not to drown. Okay, is really right. what it comes down to, and you're trying to drown somebody. It's pretty much, and you don't realize that. You just see a couple guys rubbing up against each other and everything else, and everybody wants to see a knockout. Everybody wants to see it, but just like I was, you know, saying earlier, you know, off off uh, record here that, you know, about Holly Holmes. You know what I mean? She right. got a, she got a great punch on Ronda and a bad night and everything else, and not that Ronda could beat her on another day. Who knows? I'm just saying that anybody can get a lucky punch. You know, so so watching somebody slug it out is great. But a true martial artist is going to try to do their very best to not get hurt and not hurt the person in front of them. That's a true martial artist. And the best way to do that is through jujitsu and grappling. And people don't, a lot of people don't understand that. They just want to see a fight. Right. When, you know, at, at, the reality of it is, if you're really in a physical confrontation, you want to take this person out as quickly as possible, put them to sleep, disable them, so they're not going to affect you anymore. And I think that's what a lot of layman people don't realize when people are rolling around on the ground they just think they're rubbing up and wrestling they say wrestling oh they're wrestling it's like yeah, it's not wrestling at all I, maybe taking somebody down is wrestling but otherwise it's not wrestling at all it's a, it's a chess game it's i personally thought game. that that's what it was when i started watching uh, mma for the first time i just thought it was kind of like a boring like yeah. they take it to the ground but then when once i started seeing what was really happening down on the ground i i really thought it was amazing what they're doing yeah. because you're just like you said you said it perfectly right. it's like you're trying not to drown absolutely you're gonna asphyxiate if you don't get out of that position Without because if doubt. they got that if they got you on that that position if they got you on, uh, on that uh, on your back and you know they're trying to choke you out oh yeah it's the most horrible feeling oh it's a suffocating feeling it's, you know it's and, not a good thing and beyond that what a lot of people don't know is like why didn't he get up why didn't he do that you know you hear a lot of people just say stuff like well why didn't he do that and it's like you know what? There's a whole other evil enemy out there that you have no idea about, which is cardio. You know, if you're fighting and somebody takes you to the ground and they're pretty good at a grappling game, you're basically you're basically trying to run part of a marathon with a 200-pound man on your chest. 
You know, that's a lot, a lot of what other people don't understand too. They just think another guy's on top of you. His whole idea is to get the center of his body weight on the center of your body weight and suffocate you by pushing your lungs down. So you're, you're just trying to breathe and hold your sternum together and everything else. So a lot of times you don't have, you have no idea what's happening down there and you're like, why doesn't he get up? It's like, dude, he's just trying to breathe and to be alive right now is all it is. You know what I mean? And, and once you get out of situations like that, you know, you can, you know, usually dominate. And if you have a good guard, somebody's in your guard and you're really good at arm bar, if you go to a triangle or something like that, you can pull anybody in there, man. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's like, it's like swimming with sharks. It's like swimming with sharks sometimes. You know what I mean? Especially if the guys are really good at, at Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Right. Yeah. And what what kind of move was always the hardest to counter in your opinion? When you're on the ground, is there a move that if somebody did, yeah. you're just like, oh, it's man, a triangle. how do I get out of this? It's a triangle. You know, you got to understand it's like some the people that are going to be really good at jiu-jitsu are going to be the long, lanky guys, to be honest with you, like Anderson Silva and stuff like that. He might not have as much muscle on him, but the, the fulcrum and the length of, you know, I, I guess you could say his his lever is, is amazing. So when I'm in somebody's guard, I'm going to try to put my – elbows against his legs and his thighs so he doesn't push my arm through and give me a triangle so what happens sometimes is i would like swing my arm around if he stuffed it and and go over his his foot to get back into guard what happens in the hardest time to get out is when they have long lanky legs and you hit the back of their ankle and you can't get out of it now you you kind of have to do a bunch of other things so once somebody's locked it in and they put it underneath their foot unless you know what you're doing you're going to sleep period it's and like by the way, Anderson Silva being my one of my favorite fighters Absolutely. of all time, respect. one of the best, respect. one of the best of the MMA. Uh, he was just he just fought not too long yeah. ago. Um, actually, that same uh, UFC, what was it? UFC, the same with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, the two hundred. Two hundred. Yeah, he fought. Um, and that was amazing to see him uh, on the ring again. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it was just you know, amazing. Yeah, he, uh, he ended up, you know, because of the fact John Jones got busted. So he had to take the place, you know, um, for John Jones, which, you know, we all knew that uh, DC was going to win. You know, Daniel Cormier, we knew he was going to win, you know, and just grind it out on the ground and everything else, you know. But I think people were disappointed because of the fact that, you know, he didn't really want to stand in front of Anderson. And who wants to stand in front of Anderson? Of course not. Of course not. You know what I mean? I mean, like I said, I don't care if somebody outweighs you 20, 30 pounds. If you're good at boxing and you get a good lucky punch, you're going down, man. I'm just surprised how he was still able to step in the ring after his, you know, his his accident, that crazy accident. It was just a freak accident that he had. Oh my gosh! How do you step back in the ring and fight? After you break your leg in that fashion, it's yeah, amazing. I, it's it's a, amazing. It's a mind it's, frame. You're right. It's a mindset that you it's have to have to go back yeah. into the ring and fight again. Well, if you're at that level too, you know, I mean, I, I had a ACL replacement, you know, back in 2007. You know what I mean? And, it, and it, I was like a three-legged dog there for a while, you know what I mean? But as soon as I got my, you know, leg fixed and had it operated on, six months to the day after the operation, I was doing jujitsu again. So it's kind of one of those things where you're kind of a three-legged dog, and until you, you figure that stuff out, you just can't wait to get back in there. You know what I mean? Is really what it is. And Anderson Silva's a natural. He's, he's one of those guys, you know, like a LeBron James or, you know, Magic Johnson back in the day or whatever. He's, he's a natural fighter specifically, and, and, you know, his avoidance of a punch and his boxing skills and everything is just amazing. He's, he's one of the best for all time, for sure, for sure. Well, Bo, I actually was just talking to producer Josh, and we have we have a question for you. Would you be interested? We have Louis who's doing the face Facebook Live right now and demonstrating maybe a couple moves on Louis <laughs> at some point. <laughs> no, at I'm some totally point. Down. Yeah. Maybe not right now, but in like yeah. five minutes, five ten minutes, oh, we'll let Louis mean, build up some yeah. courage. We got plenty of room over here. We have a whole yeah, patio. We'll Louis, show, show the audience. We got a cornhole <laughs> setup. We have a little area right here. 
<laughs> Maybe we can have a, have him throw you into the bay. We got the bay right out there. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if there's some grass, I would totally do that. Yeah. It'll help our viewership, I think, like, yeah. if, if if they're guaranteed a little <laughs> toss in the in the water. The producer has some great uh, ideas. Uh, <laughs> quote unquote. <laughs> about this. But yeah, so. Where were we? Yeah, so no. I was just talking to Josh about that because I think that would be awesome. Because some of these moves, I'm trying to digest it in my head, yeah. like the triangle. But there's so many uh, moves that you could make on the ground or yeah. even I just, I just got to ask, Bo, what, what was your favorite move? Oh, my favorite move? Oh, the double leg takedown. You know, I mean, you do the double leg takedown and then you just pummel something. You know, I'm like a little bulldog. I'm a, a little bit under 5'9", you know, but... It's kind of one of those things. I'm I'm a little low to the ground, so I like taking people to the ground. To be honest with you, and and uh, do a little ground and pound, you know. But you know, my jab is pretty good. I'm a, like I said, I'm under five nine, but I have a seventy two inch reach. So I kind of have these long ass monkey. How, arms. how did you get the so. nickname the Barracuda, Buff? Well, you know, like I said, I had uh, some ACL ACL surgery back in two thousand seven, and so when I got back into martial arts, I got it back into MMA. And I was thirty six at the time, so everybody I was fighting was pretty much 15 years younger than me, so my coaches gave me the name Barracuda since I'm the hunter of young men. Wow. All right. I had no idea that's how, that's how that happened. Yeah, I don't know. You know, they always try to make fun of you a little bit. You know what I mean? It's better than like cupcakers. You're like that guy. Yeah. You're like that old guy who joins the Marines, right? <laughs> the guy who joins at like 33 and yeah, everyone else is 19. Why not? Why yeah. not? But who cares? You know, it's like. I don't know about you, Bo, but I'd take offense to that <laughs> name, the Hunter of <laughs> well, Young like Men. Well, like I said, my, my coach is a black belt from Carlson Gracie. I, You know what? I will take any insult from him because he will just choke me out and, and take me down. So, But no, yeah. San Diego. Now, you trained here in San Diego. I've heard this is a hotbed for UFC fighters as well as, you know, jujitsu, right, yeah. and and many other types of fighting. What's your what's your take on this area? Is this is this a up and coming area? Do you see a lot of fighters around here that you think will be big yeah. in the next year or two? What it is, you know, we got we already have to address it as MMA, mixed martial arts, because UFC is just a promotion. UFC is okay. Yeah, you know, and everybody. So for me and, and the viewers, yeah. let's let's I'm gonna see if I can get this clear now. So MMA is a type of fighting. Yes, correct? mixed martial arts. Okay, mixed, mixed martial, martial arts. arts. So that's the type of fighting. UFC is basically a company. Yes, Ultimate Fighting Co Fighting okay. Championship. And that then is a promotion company. That a has promotion fighters company. on its roster. Okay. That allows it's just it. like the yeah. NFL, yeah. but you don't wouldn't call football the NFL. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think I see what you're saying. Now. Yeah. And so you fought for a company that was called Explode Fight Series. Explode XFS. Fight XFS. And also so Camo, California company. Amateur Mixed Martial Arts Organization as well. Okay. You know. Okay. So yeah. MMA is the type of fighting done within certain companies, and then you had contracts yes, through companies. Absolutely. So okay. there's different promotions all around California and the United States and everything around the world. Basically, Pride was one of them. You can look at a Pride back in the day. Okay. WEC World. Um, extreme cage fighting, which is where Jose Aldo came from, and and a lot of the fighters that are on the UFC roster now at this point, you, the UFC ended up buying the WEC back in the day, and that's where you know Carlos Conduit came from, and there's a lot of fighters in the UFC that came from the WEC, which was another promotion. And where did that start, the WEC? Uh, that was another, you know. Different company, you know, that was different from UFC, you know, just so like I, XFS. Like I, like I said, I fight for Explode Fight Series. Right. A guy named Greg Sharp. He owns that, you know, okay. so he's a, he's an owner of this particular promotion company. 
And UFC is owned by Dana White and the Fortiti Brothers. Right. Okay. Dana White, who, yes, yeah. we've heard yeah. of Dana White. Yeah. He's so basically he borrowed money name. from the Fortiti Brothers, and they, they, they bought it for $2 million, dumped $40 million in it for promotions and the Ultimate Fighting Championship, uh, the series as well. And that's pretty much what brought everything off the ground, right. to be honest with you, if you look at it. But previous to that, was a, there was a thing called Pride. You know, uh, okay. and that's where Ken Shamrock, you know, Ken Shamrock was originally UFC, but he fought for pride for a little bit. If you look at. Uh, um, but these are all MMA, all these different absolutely, companies. Absolutely. Okay. That's my point is that so they're, they're all different I, I promotion exactly companies. And it's, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to correct you. It's more. Along no, no, I'm glad you did. I want to make sure. Realize they always say, oh, you're a UFC fighter. I'm like, no, I'm not really a UFC fighter. I'm an MMA fighter. MMA. But so I, when I don't I fight say, for UFC. OK, you know? so when I say there is a hotbed of talent here, I'll say MMA talent. Yes. There and is it's th California and Albuquerque. So San Diego and Albuquerque are two, two of the places that it kind of started off at, to be honest with you. There was a lot of, uh, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu that was being trained here back in the day. Um, and, you know, just the uh, it, it's a lot like the Brazilian um, climate. So a lot of people like San Diego and the beaches and everything else. So if you look at Brazilian jiu-jitsu as, you know, the starting point of all of this. And we do have a lot of Brazilians in San Diego. Well, Those yeah. of you that and, may and, not have been here, there's a lot Hoist of Brazilians. And Gracie and his, his brothers and his father started it all. They started UFC back in 2001, I believe it was. And they did the very first one because they believed that their martial arts was the absolute best in the world. And they could beat anybody. So they opened up this octagon and said, any fighters allowed to come, no holes barred, no rules whatsoever. And so that's why you see Hoist Gracie, you know, the son of who, the man who invented it, won the first two UFCs. And he fought 10, 12 guys a day. Monsters. We're talking monsters, man. You know, right. so that's what allowed MMA to be put on the map. And that was you know? all submission. It was all, all submission. submission. Yep, he submitted every single one of those guys. That's and what people don't get. Like you nope. were explaining earlier that it's just a lot of people want to see that big knockout, but they don't see the skill behind you that know what? submission. The best way I can describe it is the tap. Okay, if you look at the tap, when somebody taps out, it's not because they're like, I give up. That's not what that's about at all. The tap is not going to sleep or not having your limbs snap. Oh, out. we got some good music bumping right now, Bo. There we go. Here we go. We're right on, right on Harbor right now. Uh -huh. We got some, some low riders coming through here. Josh is taking the earphones off. He wants to take a gander <laughs> over there as well. <laughs> But yeah, that's what you get when you're when you're doing this live SD, down here, man, right SD, on the harbor. Baby, this is it, you know. You got the music go. scene. You got, well, again, we're here at Carnita Snack Shack. You got the great food down here, and of course, you got the harbor on the other side. So this is a great spot to be. Yeah. And of course, joined here by MMA fighter Bo Hart. I got that right this yeah, time. Perfect, MMA. Perfect. There perfect. we go. Keep telling us about. Keep telling us about um, that that situation where you were just saying the, yeah, tap, the tap. The tap. It's not so about the tap is not about giving up. It is in a way, but basically, if somebody was choking me out, you know, they're gonna get their bicep in a certain place on this carotid artery, okay? They're gonna have their, the blade of their arm turned at some point right here, okay? And they're gonna lock that in. What's gonna happen is you're gonna cut off these two carotid arteries, which allows blood to stop flowing to your head. So what happens is you get that thing, and then you have the black hole, it's just going like this, and if you don't tap at that point, you're gonna go to sleep. So you have to like tap. As soon as you see that circle just start going, you have to tap, 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 and then you see the circle come back. I think a demonstration is Louis uh. is needed right now for this. Uh, I agree, for, Josh. For That's a great choke. idea, Louis. Come on, I know yeah, you're up for it. It'll be harmless. I can I do mean, it. It's harmless. I mean, uh, I guess it's harmless. I guess we could definitely do it. Uh, I don't know what's going on right now, but uh, I guess <laughs> this is happening right now. All I right, guess I'm gonna take go. one for the team.
Oh, no. Right now, folks, if you are on Facebook Live, Bo Hart is about to perform a chokehold <laughs> on Louis Cerrone. Thomas, this should be very interesting. I can't wait to watch this, man. <laughs> All right, so, intro. Here we go. We got Louis Cerrone here with Bo Hart. Oh, here right. goes the choke. Hold on, hold on. Two, three. Let's do it. Louis, you look agonized. Oh, boy. <laughs> Louis, you, you look like you're in trouble there. All right. He's back. <laughs> Yeah, he was about to go to sleep, but I let go right before he, he you know. Yeah. No, you did good, though. You did good. You did good, buddy. No. And like I said, I don't want you to go fully all asleep. I don't want to scare you away from Brazilian jiu-jitsu or anything like that. You know what I mean? So. Where's Hong Kong If you guys don't know that reference. You're a good sport. Oh, we know the reference here. Good sport. It's a, it's a good, good place down there in TJ. We should get them to sponsor us, by the way. Hong yeah. Kong down in TJ. So <laughs> the whole idea is not, you know, he may feel like he's suffocating, but it is mostly just to cut off the carotid arteries. Right. It's not about breathing at that point. It's just not about all breathing. about, yeah, no, I've heard you of know. those arteries. Those are the big ones on yeah, the Yeah, you're going to go out in, in, in about brain. seven to ten seconds. In right. That, you know, if you're doing it right and you got it nice and locked It's in. all about cut off. It's the brain It's the that's brain being adding more blood to the head. Right, you know? right. So that's what you're trying to go for sometimes. If people are trying to get out of that, like I said, in a cage fight, you're trying not to drown. So right. I could have drowned him at that point in time. It's, if you right. don't know what you're doing with jiu-jitsu, it's like taking your little brother's head and dunking it under the water and saying, you give up? No? Okay. And then you just keep going and, and you just going keep going until, until they the do. guy falls asleep. You know what I mean? Or break your arm off or something. You don't ever want to break anybody's arm off or anything like that, though. I mean, as a real martial artist, you know how far to go. Right. If you're on a competition. Yeah, you had a feel for it. You yeah, could if you're tell, on a competition like or something to... like that or you're, you're going with your buddy or something, you don't ever go full-blown. You're maybe going 40 50%. Right. If you guys are sparring a little bit, you might go 70 but you don't ever go 100 Hundred percent, because it's lethal stuff, man. You can hurt people with this stuff. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And, and and people don't realize, especially in the beginning, people don't realize sometimes what you know what they're capable of. No, yeah, and Ex it's it, it's, it's easy to hurt to, somebody. It's easy to hurt somebody. It's something to be aware of, and you know, being yeah. a professional, you you know how to far you can take it right. before you can cut it off. Now, I want to ask, how did you get into MMA? What what was it oh. that really drew you into it? Well, growing up in L.A., you know, I'm half Mexican, to be honest with you. I grew up in a Mexican neighborhood, so, you know, we would always get down. That's just what you did back in the day, you know what I mean? People just But not boxing. You, you were we drawn more to MMA. It was more street fighting. I did a lot of street fighting, then I did some boxing, then I did a little Wing Chun, then Muay Thai and stuff. But that was more of the stuff when I was out of the neighborhood. But the neighborhood kind of got me going on it all because it was like, okay, I can fight, and I've been jumped before, and I did okay. I did okay in all those times, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, all right. Oh, they're making a sport now. Cool. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, We've been doing this for years. Yeah, you know, and it's like with football, it was great because even in high school football, it's like, you know, they put this armor on you and say, go out there and hit this guy as hard as you can, yeah. and we're going to cheer you on. And it's kind <laughs> yeah. of a weird concept if you think about it, but at the same time, I think a young man with, you know, high testosterone or whatever or A-type personalities, they need that in their life in order not to get in trouble, especially in the environment that they're in. Yeah. You know, if you're in a what position did you play, by the way, in football? I'm oh, gosh, I was uh, nose guard, linebacker. Um, uh, now, Louie was a wide receiver. You just checked out. Ah. So you see him cross <laughs> in the middle. Are you, uh, are, oh, you yeah. are you taking him out? Oh, without a doubt. Dude. Okay. Just taking him out by the knees. <laughs> 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 That's why you just got to tuck those knees, man. Just just fly like Superman. Just tuck, them, yeah. tuck those knees, man. You're good, you know. But, uh, but no, that's kind of what got me into it. Bro. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Who would you be? Superhero. I would no. be um, the tree stump. 
Tree stump. Yeah, if there's okay. a superhero tree stump, that would be me. <laughs> that's that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, Captain Caveman. Captain Caveman. Captain Caveman. I like Captain Caveman. Yeah. yeah. So you know, they're one of those. Guys. <laughs> I always like the teleportation guys, the guys that just like showed up all of a sudden. Yeah. That's what I would try to. Who who is a who's a superhero? I'm trying yeah, to think yeah, of a Yeah, name. that's a little creepy though. You know. Yeah. Uh, no show up. Like, I oh. have been accused of that. I've been yeah. I've been at like a house party or just a place a social event, and and I'll just I'll just kind of approach someone and they're like, whoa, where do you come from? Like. I just got a very blend bag. I, blend I, in very yeah, well. I blend in very well. I guess <laughs> I've always kind of thought teleportation would be cool. Josh, what about you? Josh, uh, where do you go? Back here, our producer. What would you be? Superhero in the name of uh, Honor Comic Con this week? Deadpool. Deadpool. Is there a, Deadpool is a is a movie or a character? Deadpool. Yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't the black seen and it white yet. guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Or black and red. Black and red. Black and red. red. <laughs> Louis taking shots. He wanted Louis you to get shots. choked out. It's kind of funny. I'm just saying. <laughs> so again, we got Comic Con going on down here this week. Bo, did you get over there? Did you see any of that stuff? Oh, I or? dropped some people off, but no, I know. I, you know, I'm too old for that stuff, man. You know. Yeah, uh, I did. I did some people watching today, which was interesting. I saw a huge Boba Head. Boba yeah. Fett. Boba Fett. You know the Star Wars character? I do. I do. Yeah, I saw two people with those Boba Fett uh, masks, and that was interesting. And then, of course, they had like one of them was posing because everyone, everyone uh, that sees him wanted to take photos. Right. So the guy like came out with a flask and he was like taking a photo with the flask and his Boba Fett helmet on. Nice. It was interesting. That was kind of the most interesting thing I saw. Um, oh, there's some great costumes. Yeah, you, you know, I, I love I love the the crowd that comes down and everything. It's just so so diverse. But you know. Working downtown as a bartender for a long time, and everything you just kind of see it all and everything. Right. So it's kind of like, eh, this is cool. I just want to stay away from the crowds right now, though, you know. Right, and it's been going on since 1970 now, yeah. Comic Con. So, I mean, it's gotten bigger and bigger every oh, year. Oh yeah, it it's seems, huge, too. man. It's huge, and San Diego. It put San Diego on the map in a lot of ways. To be honest with you, the convention center wouldn't have been built if it wasn't for that and everything. Right, right. You that know? new convention center. Yeah. Right there next to Petco Park. Right. Got so much All going on. With it's amazing. It's amazing the transition that's happened in San Diego downtown in the last 25 years. It's amazing. Well, there'll be some, some MMA, some big events, you think, that'll be down here? Oh, no. Never in San Diego? <laughs> no. no, although they've had some over there off of Midway at the sports arena and stuff like that. Okay. You know, they've over had a couple UFC arena. events there. You know, I mean, I think that's, that's a good spot. But, you know, I mean, they're pretty big now. If they're going to do a UFC event, that's going to be a lot bigger than anything we can really handle for the most part. But I think some of the smaller venues might come down. Right. You know? I know most of them are in Las Vegas. Yeah, right? Vegas. So that's kinda, and, I mean, yeah. it's not too far from here if you want to see. No, you can build a stadium fighting. on anything. You can even do a Qualcomm if you wanted to. I just don't think that they would. They would. You know? Right. I just don't think they would. You know. All right. Well, our producer, Josh, has given us a signal cool, that uh, we should wrap this up. But, Bo, it was a pleasure having you Absolutely, on. Absolutely, Tom. Appreciate it, Thank man. you for joining course, us today. No, man. It was we a got pleasure. some cornhole back there. If <laughs> yeah. you want to stick around i know josh is obsessed with the game i'm sure he'll <laughs> want to play you lou you got a uh, last words here yeah uh i just want to say uh bo thanks for having us of i course, mean for having you thank you for coming down to the studio and uh any anything where, where where can we find you what what is uh you usually can find me sailing in the bay <laughs> right here okay you turn around, <laughs> but uh, usually gonna be one of these boats to be honest you know I that's, mean, do you want to plug anything in while we're we're here Oh, uh, the only thing I would say is that I'm a, just a proud daddy of a beautiful, beautiful daughter. So All right. that's okay. the only thing I I need to plug in my life. To be honest with you. So that's awesome. That's amazing. You know. We're here at the Carnitas Snack Shack on Broadway and Harbor, and we're here every week. We are down here usually Sundays, and so we're glad again to have our special guest with us. Thank you, Bo Hart, the Barracuda. Bo, the Barracuda Hart, for Louis Cerrone. Louis. Don't forget to follow us, Louie. That's why he's a social media guy. Don't forget to follow us. We have a Twitter set up at Thomas James. That's me here at uh, Thomas James DZP. So you can follow me on Twitter, but also Facebook. The Daily Zipper we have on Facebook 
and the website, thedailyzipper.com. And don't forget about Snapchat. That, of course, is The Daily Zipper. You can catch the zip bits every... We try to do them every day. Louie tries to get a big-time story up there every day. So Snapchat, The Daily Zipper, and you'll find us there as well. For myself, for Josh right here. Josh, heck of a job today. Good work. I know that you had that great idea earlier with choking Louie out. So, great idea. This is Thomas James signing off.